Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. It's not real clear, but it is from an audio tape that I taped watching uh, the videotapes several nights ago. So if we could, I'd like to run that piece. It's Jose Galison. You're watching No Way Jose. You can find me on No Way No Way Jose YouTube, all the major auto podcasters, Odyssey, and Rumble, 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 Rumble as well. I really want to push the Rumble, trying to build that up. If you guys want to go on over there, Rumble's uh, kind of surprised me and been doing pretty well. Uh, can get some numbers there. Uh, especially I, I noticed particularly with my other show, Tower Gang. I kind of was a, a little late to hopping on the Rumble train, but I noticed on Tower Gang is like. Very surprised with the numbers they're getting, and they seem pretty organic, but I don't know. Who knows? Uh, they play those numbers all the time. But either way, I'm trying to build that up because I did recently get a strike on my YouTube channel. I can technically still stream and post there for now, but I just want to wait until the, the strike is completely expired before I start posting over there. Uh, and I figured you know, I may as well make use of this time to cover certain topics that I just can't go up on YouTube. So like this one right now that we're covering today, probably will never go up on YouTube, but it will be up on the audio podcatchers and it will be on Rumble. So if you want to be able to catch stuff like this, I highly recommend either become an audio listener or go over to Rumble. Uh, today we will be covering Columbine with uh, a mutual of mine on Twitter, Tim Tuttle. This is one I've been a little bit interested in a while, uh, this story. So we'll, I mean, I really know very little about it other than kind of what we, we know. I've, I've done a little bit of digging, but I am here with an open mind. I'm interested to see if there's any uh, alternative explanations or maybe things hidden, hidden from us that we can glean from this. Uh, but I do want to remind you guys how this works. Um, 
these, you know, uh, how this works for uh, like my patrons, this is a live stream right now for my patrons, and they can also go back and watch it later. And then roughly about a week or so, depending on how my schedule is looking like at that point in time, I will drop about a week later publicly everywhere else. So if you want to get that early content, it's patreon.com, snowyohose2020. You're able to get in those live streams. You can ask questions, stuff like that. And also I have the sponsor level, which is the highest level, and I read those off every day. I have Toad of Tower Gang, my co-host over there. You can follow him on Twitter at uh, Tower Gang uh, Toad. Then also have Abrogate D's, another mutual online good guy. Uh, a B R O G A T E D E E Z, and then also Kevin B Clark, who's a full-time guitarist and private uh, music teacher in the New York area. If you're, if that's something you need, you need somebody a guitarist for an event, or you're trying to get music lessons, he's your guy. Go hit him up. It's Patreon.com. It's no way, Jose. Twenty twenty. Uh, I do want to remind you guys, TopLobs.com. Uh, you uh, use Jose at checkout. Uh, that you can. That's where you get my merch. You get the Terrence Cheeky didn't kill himself shirt. You can get the Kenneth Trenner didn't kill himself shirt. Or you get a whole bunch of other stuff out there. You know, Tower Gang stuff, other shows, stuff that's not even show related. He's got a lot of great stuff there. Go check that out. And with that, let's get our guest in here, Tim Tuttle. What's up, my man? How you been? Been doing pretty good. 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 Uh, yeah, we've been mutuals for a while. I've been wanting to talk to you because I do like follow. You are a good follow. Uh, I'll give you that. And and you you are responsible for a ton of the intros that I have. I've uh, you know from the beginning. I think I asked you at one point. It's like, hey, you careful use these? No, nope, go right ahead. And so I've been. I found those useful because I don't know. Those have been good inspiration for me when I'm digging into the parapolitics realm. Uh, some of those. I think you're second only really to. Uh, probably Jinx. I'd say I'd say you're a close second to Jinx. And honestly, I'm gonna be real. Jinx been slipping off a little bit lately, so uh, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, between you and then Psyops, you guys are some of the the best intro makers out there, or not intro edit yeah. makers. But then I steal them and use them as intros. <laughs> yeah, Jinx has been pretty hor- uh, horny lately, so I guess he's got something going on. Yeah, he's just been horny. I mean, every now and then I'm like, all right, I can dig it, whatever, some boobs, some cool music, but I don't know, man. I'm just, I want, I want some like crazy conspiracy ones or, or just weird schizo stuff, but I don't know. Whatever. It's like the seven of one today. All right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right, cool. I mean, I like boobs as much as the next guy, <laughs> but, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, whatever. That's it. That's his thing. That's uh, his artistic expression. He can do what he wants. Uh, hopefully, he'll it'll get. And I can understand that compulsion too. With the with the content that I cover, people are always like, "Cover this, cover that." And I really just kind of follow whatever my curious my my interest is at the time. And that's kind of why I hit you up because I, I I'd hit you up before, thought about it, but I don't know what it is. Something about like I think it had something to do with the strike too. That like I know I don't have to worry about because like this kind of content covering Columbine. Uh, I mean, no matter what we do, if it's not the official narrative, it's it can easily be spun by people as like, oh, my God, these dangerous conspiracy people questioning school shootings. And it's like, really, it's just silly. But, yeah, I, I had a point that I was meandering and I lost it. But, yeah, no, it's a <laughs> – uh, but, yeah, I'm excited to go into this. Uh, you want – I guess – I don't know if you want to take a moment to tell people about yourself. I mean, I know you're kind of a non here, and that's fine. I have no problem with that at all. Uh, I was a non uh, for a long time. I'm still semi a non to ex- an extent. It's an open secret amongst my audience that I use a pseudonym, and I, you know, I don't know. I think anonymity is a is is a good thing. So there's nothing wrong there. But I guess I don't know if you want to tell my audience a little bit about yourself. Obviously, don't give up personal information and kind of the the interests you have and kind of where you're coming from with this whole story. <coughs> yeah. I guess about a 
always kind of liked Alex Jones and listened to stuff like that. But in the last, I would say the last year, I've actually started like actually researching stuff. Like in, one of the first ones was the Oklahoma City bombing. I read Wendy's book and actually started reading documents and stuff like that. So I guess anytime now, if I have an interest in like the Oklahoma City bombing, Columbine, anything like that, I actually go and see what they put out and like read it for myself. Yeah. Well, that is a good point. Uh, you you kind of came out of the OKC. And I think, I mean, I know you, someone who, who interacts with Richard regularly, but I, 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 I kind of agree with his mentality that I think there's a big point of this sort of stuff is to create researchers. Uh, and I know that sounds hoity toity, but really all that means is what you just described is like being able to cipher information a little bit better, uh, knowing like, you know, resources to dig into specific sources, kind of just getting a better head about yourself and, and siphoning off this information. Cause a lot of times this inter- some of this information hasn't been seen by a lot of people and can be interpreted different ways. And you may come up with new and interesting ways to understand some of this stuff. Uh, so I, I think those are important skills to imbue in people, uh, so, so far. And I think that does come out of like when you deal with good research, like people like Wendy or Richard, that you do start to get those instincts. And I, I think it shows. Outside of that, you're always just going to be basically copying what someone else is saying. Unless, so like, unless you go and read it, there's no way to know <laughs> the validity of a source that you're like citing. Yes. No, yeah, it is, it is the, the thing, too. I think, like, getting through this... People give me a crap a lot of times that I don't want to, like, you know, try to accept the, the helm of, like, being the expert or talking like an expert. And I do tend to hedge things I say in, like, according to this person or blah, blah, blah. But it's, like, when you start digging this stuff, you do realize that the sources have sources. And then you're, like, well, how reliable is this source? And it is kind of a whole clusterfuck. So there's, like a whole spider web of maybes in your head for every uh, fact you state. You're like, yeah, okay, but well, there's this other person who claimed otherwise. And, and it is like so hard to keep up with this jumbled group of a uh, bunch of information. And from the digging I've done into Columbine, I, f- I feel that does apply here as well because it really seems to come down a lot to a whole group of people and trying to decipher who's who has a better account of what happened or how to piece their accounts together. Uh, it becomes a little bit of a nightmare. Uh, but I guess uh, probably a good place for us to start is just kind of let us know what the hell Columbine was. Because I think, for me, I'm 32 years old, and I think Columbine, and I have the most vaguest of memories of it. I don't remember specifically what year it even happened, but I know I was very young. And I know I I only I was in a Christian school, and I remember some story about the, how they were supposedly going to kids and asking if they believed in God, and if they said yes, they were killing them. And they made this big sob story out of some story about uh, how there there was... I, I say that, I mean, if it's true, obviously, it's a good sob story. But it, let's be real, it was kind of a Christian grift. They were milking it. But either way, they, uh, they, they made this whole, like, big thing out of the one girl who, you know, stood up for her belief and blah, 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 blah. Um, which, you know, I guess that's great and all. Uh, personally, I would rather my kid lie. But... Whatever. Um, I'm not religious, but uh, I guess kind of I really don't have much context to even really understand it because I was so young and it is like such it's been memory hold, I think, a lot. 
Um, so what, what was Columbine? What was kind of the cultural significance of the time? If you could try to do your best to capture, I think you're roughly about the same age as me, but I would just assume maybe digging into it, you've gotten a little bit better of a idea of the, uh, you know, the feeling of the age of that time. I'm uh 28. So you're a few years older than I am. Yeah. So, uh, so the, the Wikipedia that you'll look up is, Columbine happened on April 20th, 1999. Eric Harris and Dylan Klebold took four weapons and hundreds of bombs and propane tanks, and they went and shot up Columbine High School in Littleton, Colorado. So that's like the basic, the general description of what happened. And the cultural aspect of it, I guess if you wanted to get into Littleton, it's it's a lot of military families, police families, people working at the Lockheed Martin factory that was in Littleton. That's kind of, as far as the school, it's like any other school. There's jocks, goss, things along those lines. All right. All so, right. Um, I'm trying to think um, if there was anything else there. There was. There had a question that completely slipped my mind. Um Ah, what is there truth to that? Uh, before we dig into it, that that story I was telling you about, did that actually happen, or or is that complete nonsense? Because that feels like that. It's, must... a, it's a yes and no. Like yes I actually no? do have. It's a yes and no. I have her in my notes. It's Rachel Scott. That was uh, it made it kind of like a God is not dead movie. I think there was some Columbine movie like that, and it's, I hope it was her. Her parents, Rachel Scott's parents, they own like their own ministries and they own Rachel Scott's website. So I kind of hope it kind of ran away from them and it was the ministry pushing that law and not the parents. Like at the end of the video, at the beginning of this uh, podcast, that was Rachel Scott's dad, Mm. like right after the shooting. And but the girl that actually that it actually happened with was in the library. I can't remember her name, but it wasn't it wasn't Rachel. Okay, so it was just kind of like a. All right, all right. Uh, so yes and no. Yeah, I, I see what you mean. They kind of fictionalized it a little bit. Uh, yeah. Well, all right. I guess let's start digging into it. Uh, actually, I remember what the question I asked is: This was, there were a lot of federal agencies in this area where this happened. Uh, I'm just curious. I didn't write it down in my notes as far as the official timeline, but like an hour, let's see, it ends actually the last gunshot that Eric and Dylan fired was around 12.02, 12.05. And I think the FBI, I don't know about the FBI, but I know for sure the ATS showed up like an hour later. Okay. And there was a, this gets kind of into kooky stuff, but like O'Toole researchers swear there's a native van there. Which I don't. There's no pictures, and it's one of those claims. Yeah, which it's like okay. I mean, just because you don't have the evidence to back something up doesn't mean it's true. If it's just people saying it, I mean, I know this from digging to OKC. There are some things that you're like, well, I don't know. This fits so damn well that into yeah. everything that I think that's the case. But you have to be honest and be like, but technically, the, there isn't like bulletproof evidence to support it. But there, there are some things you're like. So you do got to caveat it with that. Um, I guess, you know, before we really can do it, I mean, let me know if you don't feel like you're up to this. But I kind of, I don't even really know what the point of a lot. I think I have a rough idea of like maybe some of the typical conspiracies or, or theories that people pull out of this. 
what is the kind of rough overview? And I guess you can kind of almost include the official narrative, kind of like the motives and or, or you know, reasonings, uh, you know, just the differing, you know, obviously between the official narrative and maybe different variants, kind of like how Wendy did in her book where she kind of broke down, like we have the guilty agent, we have pack of wolves. Like what are the different variations of where people run with this story? Because I, I feel like I have seen – a few other people go in very crazy schizo directions. So I'm, and I think that might be part of why I think you know things like Columbine. A lot of people almost roll their eyes and immediately assume, even if you're d just curious about what happened, you're getting into kook territory just from there. Uh, I mean, feel free to let me know if you're not up to that question. But if you're not able to sum those up on the spot, but I'm just kind of curious if you figured out what different rabbit holes people have taken this down before we start okay. kind of digging into it. All right. Well. The, with Wendy's book, there was a lone wolf. So with yeah. Columbine, the lone wolf is Eric Harris and Dylan Quibold. That theory would be those two and those two alone did everything. They had no help, no outside influence. It was just those two people. They were mad because they were getting picked on and they went and shot up the school. I believe her next subset was Pack of Wolves. It's Pack of Wolves. So this would include the third shooter. It include multiple people. It was multiple co-conspirators, kind of like uh, the order. How the order happened in the late '80s, and that's the reason they didn't really want to kind of fool around with any conspiracy charge with the Oklahoma City bombing. So that would be Pack of Wolves. With Watch Pack of Wolves, you have the same the same other shooters involved with Eric and Dylan, but you have other outside forces. You have people involved with uh, involved with NATO, people involved with various mind control experiments, people that are kind of pushing victims and shooters to do this event and kind of like a controlled study in a way. Okay. Like they have a they have goals and they want this to happen. And yeah. what does she have after she has after that, can't remember. It's like, uh, it's not sleeper agent. It's something along those lines. Experimental wolf? Is that where you're getting at? Yeah. Or, or, yeah. Or, uh, so, yeah, that, that one. Or, the, or, there, or you think of the variation. There was the one that's a variation where he's an agent, but he's not aware. That's when you get a deep MK. Oh, stuff. Um, it's like a, yeah. It's like an unwitting asset. Unwitting so agent, a, maybe? Maybe. Something along those, kind of like yeah. Saran Saran. In that yeah. Sense. Yeah, which so I'm actually going to dig into that soon. Saran, Saran, I'm looking forward to it. I just kind of stumbled on that one. It's pretty compelling. But yeah, no, uh, that does track. And it, I, I'm actually glad I asked that question because I, I do think that brings a lot of explanatory power of where people are going with this. Uh, and I kind of want to preamble. We kind of got to, you know, right there into sort of kook territory. But I would highly, I've recommended this book many times on my show. Uh, people should check out Chaos by Tom O'Neill. Uh, and it's a very good book, uh, you know, a lot of great research to back it up. I and mean, maybe if some people might quibble, I don't know. I've never got that d uh, deep into it, but it kind of goes into, uh, how the feds were kind of interacting within factions in the hippie movement and kind of influencing crime. And they were doing it with groups is what it seems like with almost like cults, you know, with the Mansons and there seems to be, there were, there were ties there. Now, I think if you extrapolate that concept out, that would start to apply in similar such situations as what we're looking at here. And I think if you accept that we're at a point where our government is already doing things like that, 
it's already such a blue or such a hazy line of well would they really be willing to do it to you know you know in an intentional fashion because i guess you could even say with the manson stuff that somehow maybe that one you know got away from them but there there comes a point where like if they took this knowledge that they learned from influencing people like the manson cult and applied it in other situations it looks a lot like this i would surmise i don't know if if you i mean that was kind of a random i guess i just kind of want to caveat our kookery a little bit uh but huh it absolutely applies yes yeah i I think that makes sense and and you know don't get me wrong you know it may not be that case that's kind of we laid out there's multiple levels but you know it doesn't necessarily mean that's the case but it could also still be, even if it's as simple as a pack of wolves, but only two people really got it, that's still bad enough for us to like look into this and be like, what's up with this? There's nothing wrong with looking at these stories, identifying uh, erroneous info and going, why is this like this? Uh, so, yes, I, I, I don't know. I guess I, not that I feel the need to defend it, but I just know with this episode, people will be like, oh, my God, like. I don't care. I mean, whatever. People get offended if they want. But I just, I do think this is valuable. As, as silly as people might be like, scoff if he'll do this. I think it's important to kind of understand the concepts that we're talking about here. Uh, I think once you start digging into things like OKC and understand the blueprints of what's going on there, then you realize that it also kind of applies to maybe things like this, possibly. You know? Um, but all right. I, I have rambled long enough. We talked about all the different versions. I guess I'll kind of let you go where you want to go with it now, because I know you kind of want to go into timelines and such. So I'll kind of let you run with it, unless. But go ahead. Uh, well, I got a kind of minute by minute, but it's like basically a rundown of what went on. So I'll try to not repeat myself and say ten fifty, eleven thirty, things along those lines. So I guess I'll hit the big events in this that everyone knows, and I won't mention when they're wandering down the hallways and things along those lines. All right. right. On April 20th, 1999, Eric Harris and Dylan Klebold at 1110, they arrive at Columbine High School alone. This will come up later a bunch of times. Now that's more likely not true. But the official timeline that Jeffco put out, they got at Columbine at 1110. Harris speaks to a student and tells him to leave at 11.14. And to briefly touch up what you said earlier, the official narrative is a conspiracy. Eric and Dylan did this, and this student that he talked with was Brooks Brown. And Brooks Brown's father, Randy Brown, told the police multiple times that Eric Harris was dangerous, he's making pop bombs, he's threatening my son, he's going to kill him. So that, I mean, even with the official narrative, the police, everyone failed at every step of the way. Mm. Uh, Harris, all right, uh, this YouTube account is called Columbine Video Archive, and he had a video to where it it shows, I don't think it's them, maybe Harris, or maybe Claybold, I'm not quite sure about Harris, but in the cafeteria, it shows them dropping off duffel bags, and these duffel bags have what they were saying on the news a couple of days after it contained like in total five propane tanks, five of them, they're 36 pounds. And only those two brought them up there, which is Jeffco thought it was all right. So I guess it's true. But anyway, 
right. All right, they're set to explode at 11.17. At this point, Eric and Dylan go down to the parking lot. They sit in the cars and wait for them to go off. Because what this originally was, was they were going to bomb the school. They are going to bomb the school, and they are going to shoot students fleeing the school. So if those large propane tanks that they brought in actually did explode, I mean, this would have been like the Oklahoma City bomb, and they would – would have killed hundreds of students right off the bat. Okay. And I'll, this will come up later. I'll ignore that. They wait in their cars. And also, uh, they baby trapped their cars when they're waiting in their cars. So I, they didn't go off. So I guess they kind of jerked it with explosives. Yeah. So when they went to go check their cars, they explode, which is also can come up later. An interesting thing that all of the explosives, like the big ones and baby traps, didn't go off. So I kind of, I find that suspicious. There might not be nothing there. I mean, I, I get what you things. mean. There's a commonality between a lot of... Uh, I mean, obviously, this is one of those things you can't use to confirm your thesis, but it is hard to not notice the pattern of how frequently when there are things with Fed influences that it is common that there are duds like you look at the january 6th yeah. stuff there was the pipe bombs the ara uh, robbers they were using pipe bombs always inert uh i mean shit what, what are some of the other ones i can't think of off the top of my head uh, the world trade center bombing well yeah. that one did go off but it was originally supposed to be a dud allegedly yeah. so yeah you have all these supposed like what are usually duds and it's a commonality so yes it doesn't confirm your thesis but it does look weird because, I mean, I don't know. I've never dabbled in making explosives. I don't know how hard it is to make explosives. But to some extent, it's kind of like, I just feel like if I was going to do such an act like this, I wouldn't fuck up this hard. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, like all but, five of them don't go off? <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I mean, maybe it's a very complicated, finicky process. I don't know. <laughs> but I feel like if I'm going to go... Uh, to that drastic of measures, I'm going to dot my I's and cross my T's because uh, then you're just going to be embarrassed when you get a really low score. You know what I mean? Um, not saying that's okay. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, I find it weird, but if you say it's not weird that they all didn't go off, I guess I believe you. I don't know. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, that doesn't really confirm anything, but it is weird and it is a commonality that it's hard not to notice. Um, but yes, uh, um, all right, uh, I guess we'll, we'll keep right. moving. At eleven nineteen, they Jefferson County received a nine one one call. They had set off a, which is another bomb that did go off. By the way, they had an explosion in a field. <clears throat> it was a diversionary bomb. What does it say? It says the street name. I don't know where that specifically that is. So, all right. Witnesses ID Harrison Klebold at the top of the Western Exterior Steps. I'll, uh, throughout this, I'll quit saying that because I've never been to Columbine, so it's kind of hard for me to reference directions and what I know the general area that they're talking about. When you, uh, leave the parking lot, you go to the top of the steps and then you're at the, I guess the second floor of the school, somewhere in that area. They're somewhere in there. Yeah. They both. They both have on black trench coats. They're carrying a backpack and a duffel bag. And this is the highest point on campus. So they can see everything on that side of the school. And they can see down into, uh, I think it's the student's parking lot. 
right. This is when the shooting starts. This is at 11.19 and 11.20. This is one, two minutes, and a lot of things happen right in here, which is, I think it's hard for two, two high schoolers to do, but this is what they said they did. All right. One of them says, go, go, go. This will come up later. There's there's a lot of witnesses that saw that. All right. Harris and Klebold pull out shotguns out of their bags. And I believe they both had rifles and their trench coats. Okay. And this is when uh, Rachel Scott and Richard Costiano, they both get shot. I'm, not, so, I'm probably so- mispronouncing his last name. So at this point, we're to believe that they are carrying on their persons, both of them, shotguns and rifles at this point. And a duffel bag and a backpack. Okay. Which I mean, I I guess. In a a what? A duffel bag and a backpack. Okay, okay. So they kind of got probably one that like slings over almost like a satchel and probably a backpack of some sort. Um, As far as as Harris goes, he's... He kind of has this weird, like, suspenders and, like, gun strap thing to his body. Okay. So right, well, that that's... might be a holster of some sort that gives it more uh, believability to carry more. Uh, but, I mean, this isn't – we're technically so far, this is all theoretically possible, but it sounds like a lot to be managing while you're trying to mow down innocence. But go on. Okay. Yeah. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Okay. So the first gunshots fired towards the west doors. I have seen pictures of on that level of Columbine where a window shot out, mm. but I don't think that's what did it. So Rachel Scott's killed on like killed on impact. She hits. She shot in the leg, the stomach, and she shot in the head, I believe. And was that, and Richard, that was the one that you say the origin the origin of the the whole you know killed over faith type thing comes in? Yeah. Is there any truth to the actual someone being killed over the faith, or is that kind of contrived? Uh, it is true. She wasn't. Okay. I think she was shot, but it was in the library. Uh, so she was, was like a, screaming. Yeah. She was screaming, "Oh God, no!" Along those lines, and Dylan asked her, "Do you believe in God?" And she was like, "I think she said no." And she was like, yeah. And she said no again. And then he was like, why? She was like, because I always did. And Eric, like a classic shit poster, was like, God is gay. And I think that was the end of the conversation. Okay. All right. Well, I, all right. Well, I don't feel like that uh, really merited what I was force fed as yeah, a kid. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, I guess that was sort of, but it's, the, I don't know. It, 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 I, my impression as a child was, 
and and for many years my you know my wealth of understanding was that Columbine was a bunch of edgy atheist boys who went in there to go kill Christians. <laughs> so that's how it was sold to me as a as a young a young Baptist boy. So, but all right, let's yeah. move on. I think I believe that's called the Rachel Scott promise. It's kind of psycho because like they would get these kids to like, like even if someone has a shotgun in your face, you better not say you don't believe in God, even if it means catching a bullet. So yeah, it no, was, I, that's pretty creepy. I mean, I guess from a religious perspective, to be fair, that's denouncing your faith and like, I get it. I'm not religious. So for me, if my kid, I might want my kid with a, if, if someone put a gun to my head and we're like, are you an atheist? I know if I said, if I said uh, yes, they'd kill me. I'll go no. <laughs> like I, I don't know. I don't want to. Like of course. Like I don't know. I don't have this. I don't see lying as this hard and fast um, immoral. I think it, it's situational completely. So like for yeah. example, I don't think it's immoral to lie to cops. <laughs> like no. you know. Uh, but whatever. Uh, that's that that's that's deeper. We're not doing uh, moral philosophy here. Just, <laughs> it's just. I always thought that was so absurd. <laughs> Even as a kid, yes. I'm kind of like, Mom, wouldn't you want me to just lie? Like, what does it matter what this dude thinks? <laughs> like, yeah. But whatever. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm not trying to. I get it. Whatever. That's all noble and all. If that's your belief system and you stick to it, I, I mean, that's noble, I guess. But you're still dead. But, anyways, yeah. uh, let, let's keep it moving. All right. So after Rachel and Richard are hit. Daniel, I can't pronounce his last name. I think it's Rarbo, something along. I'll call him Danny. Danny, Sean Graves, and Lance Kirkland, having just came outside, are hit by gunfire and fall to the ground. Danny, no, it didn't. None of them are dead right now. Dylan walks up to Lance, and Lance asks for help, and Dylan shot him in the face. But that didn't. He, I, I was watching his videos earlier. It, like, that didn't kill him. Mm-hmm. It didn't kill Sean Graves. He was paralyzed for a little bit, and then Dylan walked over to Danny and shot him point blank in the chest, and that did kill him. Mm-hmm. I posted the video on my Twitter. It's the one that the helicopter at the bottom of the steps. That's Danny. He's dead at the bottom of the steps. So that all happens. Mark Taylor's also shot. If we get into later episodes, there is a big Mark Taylor conspiracy section of Columbine. But as far as right now, Mark Taylor is hit, and he, he did, he's about killed. He almost dies. He's shot around, I think, seven times. It's kind of weird because it's four to seven times. So I think he probably got hit by buckshot. So that's kind of why it's probably hard for them to figure out how many times he was shot. Yeah. For those that aren't aware of guns too well, buckshot is when you're dealing with bullets and you're dealing with, uh, you know, particularly shotgun rounds, uh, usually they're little metal ball bearings that are packed into it. Uh, unless you have a slug, which is just one hunk of metal. But, yeah, so you're dealing with birdshot. It's a bunch of little ones. You, wait, were, you said they were using birdshot? No, buckshot. If oh, I said birdshot, I didn't mean to. Okay, I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> birdshot, I'd be like two people dead, maybe. That's good. They shot him like five times. I mean, it'd be brutal, but like, people yeah. would survive. Like, I wouldn't want to yeah. deal with a <laughs> with a birdshot attack. That would be god awful. <laughs> You'd almost want to just get put down. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, yeah um, oh, God. Yeah. No, that would be a nightmare. I'm uh, assuming. I'm assuming it was buckshot. It was not birdshot for sure. Well, 
I'm fairly confident on that. Yeah, I think it would uh, that would come up once or twice. Oh, oh, you been there? Oh, oh, yeah. You popped hey. in and out for a second. It was weird. All right, you're back. I'm right, let's keep it moving. That's weird. Yeah, that was right. weird. So Mark Taylor's hit, and who else is hit? I just saw his name. Michael Johnson. I think he's shot in the ankle, but he gets away. All right, so in this initial burst of gunfire, three, five, eight people are hit. Two of them are – two are dead. Yeah, that's right. Everybody else is injured. So Clebo goes back down the stairs just outside the cafeteria. Yeah, so I've said that already. He's He went and shot Daniel and Lance again. All right, so I was planning on bringing this up later, but in the cafeteria footage, there's this eight minutes of footage that's missing. I believe it's from 11.16, somewhere in there to uh, 11.22, somewhere in there. So if that footage was not scrubbed out of the cafeteria footage, there should be a lot of things that we see on that footage that we don't because it's not there. And have we ever so, heard anything about where that security footage could be? Because I know that's a big thing, say, for example, OKC, but later people made FOIA requests and essentially the government acknowledged that they do exist. They're just essentially not giving them out or they lost them or whatever. Do we have any idea at all, or was it just something that just never got addressed at all? This comes up later in the timeline, but uh, the official explanation is a custodian changed out the VCR tape and started recording again. Or another explanation is he was on a phone call for eight minutes and he got carried away. But not. one reason I don't believe that is because with the cafeteria footage, you see like most of the cafeteria, then it goes to like camera one, <clears throat> camera two, camera three, and it's main footage. And it does that. And it's all around the same time. After this little chunk of video is taken out, it like none of the time sequences are the same. The quality is a lot shittier. I mean, it was in the nineties, but I'm like, even for the nineties, it, it was shittier. So it's, I don't have proof, but it's very suspect how it started acting after that chunk of time was taken out of the cafeteria footage. Okay. All right. All right. Yep. So he goes back down the stairs. All right. So around this time, he goes into Claybold goes into the cafeteria and he stands inside the entrance, goes back outside to join Eric at the top of the outside stairs. One reason this doesn't make sense to me is because in the cafeteria footage, you see this mass exodus of students in the cafeteria when they realize what's happening outside. Like you see like the whole cafeteria start running. So if I, I don't, it's weird because when he pops his head in there, he's looking what Jeffco says, he's looking to see if he can see the duffel bags because they were timed to go off at 11.17 and they didn't go off. So <laughs> it is odd that he looked in there and nobody kind of reacted to that. Well, but I guess it's possible. All right. <laughs> Harris shoots down the stairs, hitting Anne-Marie. I can't pronounce that last name. Multiple times, she runs into the cafeteria. So all of that sequence of events was in a minute, a minute, two minutes, all that, which and it is possible. Eric did have a rifle, but I don't, that's a rampage. 
So eleven twenty one, I believe the first cop is dispatched. Does his name is Paul Magger? School. All right, Neil. No, it's eleven twenty two. Uh, school custodians after rewinding. So that was the guy that replaced the videotape as to why it didn't show any of that. All right. And Neil Gardner at this time is also radio in. I don't know if you call it a cool uh, school custodian. He was like the cop that was, would stay at Columbine. Yeah. So like if Columbine had a problem, they would call Neil Gardner. Yeah, and he'd show old, up. Old retired looking motherfucker that kind of sits around the bench yeah. and has a gun on him, you know, but yeah. yeah, like he was on lunch when this happened. So, <laughs> yeah. so yeah, Neil Gardner. All right, Neil Gardner arrives at eleven twenty-three. There's nine one one calls placed, and faculty become aware of the situation. Let's see. All right, Patty Nelson and Brian Anderson are injured by debris and fragments of the west entrance. So with Columbine, they had this one class. I guess it was a video class to where they would make like movies and thing along those lines. And Patty Nielsen's statement, she said they thought they were goofing around outside and making one of those videos. So Patty Nielsen and Brian Anderson went to the door. And I don't know if they shot at the door or threw a pipe bomb or something along those lines. But that, the debris from the windows is what hurt them. So they they realized something was going on. And this time Harris gets in a gunfight with Neil Gardner. He sees him pulling into the parking lot. He starts shooting at him. Okay. Neil Gardner is the, to remind me that is the kind of the, the, the school cop essentially. Yeah. pretty much. He's a Paul, he's the Columbine Paul Blart essentially. Okay. All right, because I have a feeling that there that may be important to note a lot later, because uh, what was this? Do you know roughly the size of Columbine? Uh well, it like it seems a lot. It's two stories. It I don't want to say okay. several. It had to be at least a thousand students for sure. Okay. There's several right. hundred. So it was a pretty big school. Yeah, I'm just trying to get an idea of the vibe of the school because I've been in different size schools. I, I was in a high school at one point where we had 30 people in the class and then went to a school after that where I had probably about like 300 in each class, like each, you know, graduating class or whatever. And this sounds kind of like that. And we trying to get a feel for who this, like the vibe of the cop thinks. If you're dealing with a huge, huge one, then it's usually more serious, you know. But this guy, I mean, maybe you have more information on him, but... I feel like he probably was pretty close with uh, people in the school. So there, I feel like there might be, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's a, a point of intrigue later on. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, I know yeah, very little about this, but go on. I have Sorry. a couple of theories on, I have a couple of theories on Neil Gardner, yeah. but uh, he, as far as initially he's flip flopped a couple of times. If, well, I knew who Eric Harris was and no, I didn't know who it was. So he has gone like even with simple stuff like that, gone back and forth on answers. So he's, he is a big point of interest. So they get in a gunfight. He, uh, this is also another point. Neil thought he hit Eric because Eric kind of pulled away sharply. So initially Neil thought he did hit Eric. So Eric really runs into with this exchange we're talking about. What is the 
what's the source? Is it? I mean, I, I mean, I'm not expecting. Are there other eyewitnesses other than the two <clears throat> people involved at this point, or is it just? I have them? not. I'm I'm going off of this is what Jefferson County has put out as the official timeline. Okay, I haven't so I, read. Uh, I'm going to assume that's just the. I mean, that's a collaboration between his word and you know, obviously, maybe slightly yeah. the way they characterize it in their official release. So, okay, I'm just trying to get a feel need for to read, what we're dealing with. But go on. I do need to read Neil Gardner's. It's called the 11K. It's the documents that Jefferson County put out. I do need to read his. But what is in what's interesting? I just just a simple post. It was an old Columbine timeline. It was like an image that was archived on the Denver Post, and it mentioned it didn't mention any gunfight. I don't yeah. believe. Yeah. So that's. It's a little weird, but that was an old image, and that was probably right after it. If you want to play devil's advocate, they didn't really know what happened. Yeah. But okay, all right. Well, I'm just trying to get an idea of because we hear this and we we're just assuming like, but if it this sounds like literally this is just the tale of Neil Gardner, you know, being you know as it um, relayed to us by the the police department. So. I think yeah. it's an important point for people to understand while, while you're saying this, that we're not at all trying to say this is actually what happened. We're not even necessarily saying that's yeah. not what happened either. I'm just saying this is what was said to have happened by this one guy. <laughs> but go on. Everything I have in the timeline is what Jefferson County put out. There's a lot of yeah. holes in it. There's a lot of problems. This is just, yeah, this is officially what happened. Yeah, we just have to surmise a little bit based off the information we have. And I think we can easily surmise there that likely the only eyewitnesses, because there were some, you were, they did have eyewitness reports in there. So I feel like, I don't know, that would have came up. But I would assume this was just him. I might be wrong. I'm talking to my ass a little bit. Maybe there were other people that saw this. <clears throat> uh, but I, I would assume it's just Neil Gardner at this point. But go on. Well, as far as to touch on the 11K a little bit, there are no eyewitness testimonies. I, they're all like eyewitness summaries. Kind of like how when you research Oklahoma City, like all the FBI stuff from witnesses, yeah. they're all 302s. So like they're writing down like their summary of what they said, which could be accurate, or they could be writing down what they think they said, what they want them to say, along yeah. those lines. Yeah. No, I mean, there's definitely... When you're dealing with this stuff, uh, those things get altered. I mean, hell, I had uh, – you probably saw the Steve Vassar episode, but he claimed yeah. to have seen John Doe too. He put it in his police report, checked on it years later. Police report wasn't there. Uh, and uh, that also, aside from if – he, if he hadn't uh, – if he had not happened to be on video as one of the first responders, there would have been nothing, no uh, paper trail of him having been there because his, re his record of that day didn't exist. So – I don't know. Important to note these kind of things and how they affect the official record. And that would have been one more guy that would have been likely interviewed by the FBI and one more person who saw John Doe too. But anyways, I digress. Go on. <clears throat> All right. I'll try to speed through this so I don't get too muddy down in here. So there's a shootout. Another cop shows up. I just passed his name. What did it say it was? I, th I thought I wrote it down wrong. His name is actually Deputy Smoker. He fires three rounds. So there's another shootout. They run into the school. They're shooting at walkers and chasing people. Stephanie Munchen, she is shot in the ankle. So by this time, Eric and Dylan are in the school and they don't come out again. Okay. Dave Sanders, he, he's a big one. 
he turns into the library hallway. So this is where the library is. He sees Eric and Dylan. I think he he goes to run, and he's shot in the back. But he, he's not – this. they say he's shot in the back, but the autopsy shows other things. So that's another oddball case. All right. Like, uh, I, uh, I don't know if you – it's morbid curiosity. What is that Twitter account? Something along those lines. I think I know what you're talking it's, about. I don't know specifically. It's like a it creepypasta Twitter account or something along those lines. Yeah. They had a post on Dave Sanders the other day, and I don't know if they looked it up on Wikipedia or it's just them guessing. They said he was shot twice in the chest, which is okay. I don't. I didn't look on Wikipedia, but they got it from somewhere. But he was not shot twice in the chest. All right. All right. Eleven twenty-seven. They walk up and down the library hallway. So this is right before they enter the library. Okay. And this is on Patty Nielsen's uh, 911 call. You can hear her freaking out. And right, you so can we, hear them. Freak- real quick. So we already had a gunfight and no one no one got injured. They just, you know, they just moved on. Is that, uh, or am I, I just want to, maybe I lost track no of one, something here. No one's hit. Neil Gardner thought he hit Eric, which okay. uh, I've been talking with old school researchers and they say there was a blue flat jacket that was found over by the science hall. I haven't read that anywhere in the 11 K, but I would like to find it. And I do have some theories about where that might've come from, but he swears to God, he hit someone. And then the evidence log, the bullet, one of his bullets did strike something. It's like, it wasn't a hollow point. So it was like collapse. Like it clearly struck something. So when he okay. said that, he wasn't wrong. He he did hit somebody. Okay, so this is, if anything, this is kind of alludes to possible other other people involved. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, all right, I'm making sense of that now. All right, all right, all right I, I digress us a little bit. Bring us back to where we were uh, getting ready to go to the library, I think. All right, so as far as the library thing, all I had written down, it went from 1129 to 1136. So... It's about seven and a half minutes. Ten people are killed and 12 more are injured. The way it started was, I believe one of the students in there, I think his last name was Velasquez. I can't remember his first name, but he was like mentally handicapped. He like didn't really understand the severity of what was going on. And Dylan and Eric entered the library and told people to come out from underneath the tables where they were hiding and nobody did. And, Dylan blew his head off. So that's how the whole library scene started. Yeah. And also one really weird thing about the library is Patty Nelson was on, on the phone with 911 the entire time that went on. Like, cause she called after she got injured and she went and hid in a cupboard eventually sometime during the shooting, but it's like 28 minutes and that 911 call has never been released. Which I might kind of lean with the parents. That would be a brutal nine one one call. They say they don't want that out because it's it's horrible. Yeah. You hear everyone die on that call. Yeah, that is one of those cases. Like those those type of things. Where you're like, okay, I guess I can understand. But like, it is like hard because you're like you know the inform the way this information is being filtered. I don't trust these people handling these sorts of things. So yeah. I, I don't know. It is like it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't. I can totally understand. 
the family, but at the same time, it's kind of like, I don't know. I guess I'd be of the opinion, then don't look that up. I, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. I mean, not that I necessarily want to listen to a eight-minute video of children getting slaughtered, but, like, you know, for situations like this, you know, when you, stuff like that's not available and people start, you know, having valid concerns and then there's stuff like this missing, it doesn't look good. Uh, and then it's also like we're supposed to just take your word for it. But, yeah. Um, this, I don't know. I can understand. And this, is around, this is around the same time that SWAT, I believe, has just got the okay to go into the building. And uh, Randy Brown, he was, he was the dad of the student that Eric told to leave the parking lot and go home. And what he has said is there was doors somewhere to the library, like that, lab, like an exit where yeah. everyone outside the cops, the ambulance, the I don't believe the news is there. Everyone can hear what's going on in there. So there's there's no confusion about what's happening when they're in the library. Yeah, so that's pretty yeah. dark. Yeah, it is pretty dark. I guess yeah. I mean, I don't, I guess for research purposes, like it really is kind of like, I don't know, it seems pretty cut and dry, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know if there was anything that could be gleaned from that, but I guess, I guess I sort of lean towards that. I, that's the sort of stuff I'd want to be released, but I can totally get, I, I wouldn't even want to watch it. That'd be one of those things that like, I'd let people like you who got really interested, you can listen to that and I'll take your word for it. Cause that sounds God awful. Um, but yeah. Um, all right. I guess what's uh, next in this uh, sequence of events? All right. <clears throat> okay. All right. So, yeah, like right after that happened, the media is contacting Jefferson County because I guess they got wind of what's happening at Columbine. All right. This will come up a lot later in later episodes, but Harrison Klebold went to the science area. This is, I didn't say that earlier. Uh, students and teachers got Dave Sanders into a science room. And uh, he was able to, I think, he, I don't think he died for like three or four hours. He was, that's how long it took SWAT to get there. So he's in the science room and Harrison or Eric and Dylan are wandering around. They're shooting at empty rooms or they tape an explosive device to on a storage room door. So they're headed to the cafeteria. So I guess I'll, Try and simplify it so I'm going to read everything. Uh, they go to the cafeteria to try to set off uh, the propane tanks. They're uh, initially unsuccessful. Eric does manage to get one of them to go off. It explodes. There's a big fire in the cafeteria, and the sprinkler system puts it out. So they kind of wander around a little bit. They uh, go back to the library, That's and that's where it ends. I mean, yeah. they... Officially, they both killed themselves. And let's see. So, yeah, around 1202, 1205, that's the last. Officially, that is the last gunshots they hear from, quote unquote, any suspects in the school. Yep. All right. Well, there is a lot in there. And I definitely think we'll need another episode to break that all down. Um, I, I guess at this point. I guess it might be one of the best spots to end it where we're currently at, unless you think there's anything else worthy of being addressed before we start digging into uh, possibilities, I guess, in the next one. Uh, I kind of like the way we framed it and the different, you know, the guilty agent, stuff like that, or or maybe even like a sting gone wrong and kind of evaluate those possibilities because uh, there's lots of elements of a lot of different things, I think, that I'm 
picking up patterns I'm noticing. It comes down to a lot of pattern noticing. And you know what? These pattern noticing may come up to nothing. It might be like, okay, well, it's probably something close to the official story. But from the little bit I've dug into this, which isn't very much, it does look like there is some things that are unbecoming uh, of this story at the very, very least. It looks like there may have been people who didn't receive the justice they should have at the very, very least. I guess uh, I guess it kind of maybe a good way to go out for would be to give me what your thoughts roughly on that. And then maybe we can get out of here unless there's other, any other information you think it's worth addressing at this point. Uh, well, anything else I have in my notes, it'd be about the same as that. But I guess a good place to end it was uh, David McGowan. He wrote Program to Kill. He wrote all those books. He's pretty popular. And I do have a – he wrote uh, on Columbine. It's called Anatomy of a School Shooting. Mm. And right here, from that uh, article that he wrote, he quoted Terry – I can't pronounce his last name. He quoted Terry. He was the commander of the Jeffco SWAT team. And, quote, he said, I just knew the killers were armed and were better equipped than we were, end quote. And that's a, that's a SWAT team for yeah. two students. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it seems like, I mean, even just kind of looking at the surface level, the, like the little bit of information I've seen, it's like, it looks like there were at very least, like the, the giving this the, you know, the the most credit, uh, you know, in, in favor of the state is at the very least that they let some individuals slip through the legal, you know, like there were other people who helped that didn't seem to get their due. Uh, and now obviously we can get dig deeper and get into that sort of stuff as well. And there seems to be things that imply other things. But, you know, obviously the more kookier territory you get, usually the less uh, founded it has. But I think if you build from the ground floor up, you get to a point where you're like, okay, I get where you're coming from. <laughs> that could be a strong possibility. And I think uh, it'll be good for us to do that in the next one. I appreciate your time, buddy. Uh, I guess if you want to kind of let people, if you have anything you want to plug, even if it's just your Twitter account or whatever, now will be the time to do it. Uh, appreciate having you here today. All right. Uh, yeah, that's really the only social media I get on. Uh, my Twitter is not Jolly McVeigh. That's my handle. And mm -hmm. it was fun being on here. I'm glad, glad I could come and talk about this. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad too. Uh, when I when I saw you were digging in deep into Columbine a while back, I was like, oh, I want to get him on and talk about that. And I'm glad I did. Uh, just for those who don't know, to explain the joke, Jolly McVeigh, obviously play off McVeigh, Jolly, Jolly West, MK Ultra. And then Tim Tuttle, uh, that is the one of the many pseudonyms of McVeigh, uh, which is all great information you'll get from Aberration in the Heartland of the Real. I highly suggest you guys check that out. But anyways, this has been a fun episode, guys. Uh, please make sure to like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. Follow me at TowerGangJose on Twitter. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, but I don't really use those. If you want to support me, Patreon.com, just NoeJose2020. Uh, we'll be covering RFK stuff here soon, so keep an eye out for that. And there'll definitely be more to come. Appreciate your time, bud. Yeah. Out. Thanks.